Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pit Stop Podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! Yes! <laughs> Good idea! Mate, you, you smashed it, you smashed it. <laughs> If you didn't know already, we've got David Croft on the Pit Stop Podcast, Let's ladies and gents. Go. Well, welcome to Shay Crofty. Thank you so much. We're in your humble abode. Yeah, I've got a present for you as well. You do? I have got a present for you, because you can't come around here without a present. Um, but I was told you guys wanted oh to be part of the Sky Sports word. community. So there you are. Oh, my word. <laughs> Mate. Thank you so much. That is unreal. Can we swap these out? I wanted to what use one of those. Start. Did you know about this? Alex knew. I just Alex want to sit here like this now. Yeah. <laughs> a- a- Alex, our, our wonderful press and PR director, said uh, the boys are after a Christmas present. And, you know, as Christmas is coming. You sneaky man. We did not know this was happening. <laughs> it's going straight in the background. <laughs> Thank Love you so it. much. Mate, Welcome. how are you? you I'm okay? good, actually. Uh, I got back from Abu Dhabi yesterday. Yeah, and um, I, I, I haven't got to write any notes out for a few weeks. I haven't got to, uh, I haven't got to pack a suitcase, yeah. and I don't have to get on an aeroplane for a while, which I will miss in about a week's time. Yeah, but this has been my life since uh, since March. Yeah, kind of pack, unpack, get to a place, unpack, all of that. It's uh, it's quite a relentless schedule. But it's it's, uh, it's nice to be at home for a bit. Oh, I should turn my phone off really. We've I? done four races this year, and like we we feel blasted after it so how, i mean you do every single race you must be knackered like year round yeah you, you, you get used to it though to be mm. fair and um and i enjoy i i enjoy knowing at the start of the year what my schedule is and i can plan my other life around it as it yeah. were i can plan my social time uh, around that but i think as a commentator you, you need to have that that instant recall so if something happens during the course of a race the fact that i've been talking about something similar maybe two races ago, it's there. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's in the brain. Um, and yes, if I missed a race, I would be sat watching Sky's coverage of it. But you don't necessarily have that instant recall that you would have from, from having worked on it. So uh, continuity, I think, is always important. Got it. Unbelievable amount of questions I want to get into uh, about you being a commentator. <laughs> okay. But I feel like I want to take it straight away, right back to the beginning. Because one question I have, which I want to know, is when... At what point in your life did you discover you have a good voice? Was there like a moment where you're like eight years old and you're like looking in the mirror and you say something and you're like, that's a good voice? Or did um, someone say? No, I, I don't know really. Um, I, I think voice is important. Yeah. I think you need to, to, to cut over the sound of Formula One, of the cars, the squealing of the tyres, the crowd, etc. 
it, it's taken me quite a while to get used to my voice, to be honest, because obviously you, you have headphones on and you listen very differently with, with the headphones yeah, yeah. on. And I found it a bit weird, especially in the early days as well, when my voice, when I was working for Five Live, I'd be driving in the car and then suddenly there'd be a trailer for the next Grand Prix and my voice would come out come over out, the radio. Yeah. And it's like, oh my Lord, that, that sounds a little bit weird. That's, <laughs> that's not me at all, that's someone else. Um, and then, you know, I'd be sat on the very sofa that you're sat on at the moment and there'll be a trailer for, for, for the next Grand Prix on Sky and I'm like, oh, is that what I sound like? <laughs> And, but other, it's for other people to tell me if I've got a good voice or not. Yeah. I, th- I think I, I project well. Um, I get accused of shouting sometimes. I, I'm not a shouter. Everything is projected. Uh, and in the excitement, you know, it gets a bit loud. <laughs> I think we, we had a, a health and safety officer came uh, to one of the races this year and he measured how loud it got in the commentary box. And I think I'm 10 decibels quieter than a Formula One car, oh, wow. <laughs> which is actually quite loud, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure how that would compare to you know, you know, the V8s and the, and the, the V10 era, but it's still fairly loud. But it's, it's, it's certainly not shouting. But I... Um, I, I always wanted to be a sports commentator. That, that was that was the job when I was eight years old that I yeah. really wanted to do because I was mm. I was captivated by these guys that brought excitement and wonder into into my living room or into my radio set and my TV set. And I thought I don't want to be that person. Mm. You know, gr- I grew up in Stevenage, a small town in Hertfordshire. You might have heard of it. It's it's got a few things going for it. Seven-time world champion comes from there as well. Uh-huh. Um, but he walks the walk, I talk the talk. And I wasn't great at sport, but I love sport. And I love I love taking part. But I I love pretending to be a commentator as a kid as yeah, well. We That's do where it. the bug I used started. to do that when I was young. Did I'd you? run around the garden. I'd run around the garden playing football. And it'd be like, <laughs> see, Harry on me. Yeah. It'd be me running, yeah. taking off my shirt, running around. Yeah. I'd give myself red cards. I'd substitute myself. But even now, at 27 years old, and we watch the F1, or we play the F1 game at I'm home. 26. Just 26, no, nearly got, 27. Got and uh, he'll be, we'll be like screaming at the TV, like trying to do what you do. But we are literally shouting as loud as we can shout. Um, and I love it. When, when I do stuff on stage and we do some live stuff, we'll, we'll have a bit of a commentary competition. Call some people up from the audience just to have a go. And invariably, people give it their best shot and about 10 seconds in, run out of things to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and then you, you find... Um, you find normally, actually, it's, it's the younger members. It's you know, it's, it's some of the kids in the audience are much better at it than than their mums and dads, mm. uh, for instance. And I, I remember I, I went to a school uh, a few years ago and did an assembly at a, at a junior school, and we did a, a creative language kind of assembly, and got all the kids to come up and be commentators, and they were fantastic. Some of the things the kids were saying, I'm like, just describe, say what you see, and put it into exciting words. And the kids were brilliant at it. And, yeah. and I just think that we all we all love commentary. We all love sport. We all want to get excited. And if you two are shouting at the TV, that, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want. That's that's the sort of passion we need to be watching our sport with, I think. Well, like you said, it, it is everything. Like, we started Pit Stop at the start of this year. And we were gripped, obviously, by Drive to Survive to start with. But, like, just having your voice like at the race it makes it so much more exciting and it is a big reason why we started the pod was because of what you do well thank so, you for that and i said that to you, you in a club vegas. in vegas yes, yeah, i was I... pissed out of my head <laughs> <laughs> I, Jake, apparently i was talking yeah, to you for you an hour talking for so long and you don't say remember you don't remember anything don't you remember said. Words. You were t- t- i was on the verge of calling security uh, but <laughs> i realized i'd already given you my phone number so that wasn't gonna wash <laughs> 
uh, to be honest. I haven't been that bad, have I? But Vegas, as we established that night, Vegas is where it all started for me, Formula well, One-wise. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's dive into it, because Vegas is, now has a special place in my heart, because it's where we did the F1 launch, met yep. you, obviously we're with gnomes and that, but it's also very special for you as well. Well, absolutely. I, I was working for the BBC uh, in 2005, and I've been with the Beeb for, for a, a few years, and I wanted to specialise. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd done little bits, but I wanted to really get stuck into a sport not knowing really how to go about that or how to get stuck into a sport. I was doing a bit of football commentary. I was doing the darts uh, for TV uh, at uh, the lakeside. But um, I was in Vegas with a guy who happened to be the producer for Formula One for, for Five Live. And one night, and we were a little bit tipsy at the time, um, he said, well, you need to be a Formula One commentator. I'm like, yeah, shut up. Formula One commentator, it never happened. Mm. He went, well, no, seriously, we, we need a new commentator. Why don't you come and audition? Give it a go and and see how you get on. I said, really? He said, well, yeah, because it's going to go to an independent production company. We're going to change things around a bit. I'm attached to one bid. Come and give it a go. So uh, about three weeks later, I sat in a studio and had to commentate on a on the first lap. First lap at Monza, I think, was, a, was the track we chose. And I made it up. It was like going back to being an eight-year-old again. I had to make the commentary up wow. just, just to fit this audition tape. Did you so, know the drivers and know the cars at the yeah, time? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I was a fan. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't the world's <laughs> biggest F1 fan. Yeah. But I did watch it. And I, and I certainly liked it. And so I made up this commentary. And then thought nothing of it for a few weeks. And then on the, uh, the 23rd of December, 2005, I get called into the, uh, the manager's office at Five Live. And I was told, yes, congratulations. Um, you've got the job. I'm like, really? Wow. Seriously? Like, yeah, you're our new Formula One commentator. Uh, wow. wh- when do you want to leave? I said, well, what do you mean, when do you, when do you want me to leave? I've got a job, you know, yeah. commentator. Went, well, no, it's an independent production company. They're going to pay you now, so you're going to have to go freelance. So I had to give up, you know, what was a full-time job with the BBC to go freelance on a one-year contract mm. and try my hand at something completely new with no guarantees at the end of the season if it didn't work out. Mm. Yeah. But compared to how I came into the BBC, that was actually quite a, a luxury offer because I was um, I was working kind of uh, full-time as a theatre publicity officer uh, back in 1995. I was doing bits on the side for Three Counties Radio. I was doing their, their breakfast sports bulletins. I was, working as a, I was working as a football commentator on a Saturday for West Country TV. And... Um, I got asked, did you want to do the, the breakfast bulletins all the time? And I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm really exhausted here. I'm yeah. not getting much time off. Mm. If you want to give me that full-time, give me a full-time job. Yeah, uh, I think it's only fair. So I got offered a month's contract. So I gave up my then full-time job in the theatre for one month <laughs> with the BBC. And it took me about three seconds to, to make that decision. Because, mm. as I say, it was what I always wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the moral of this story is back yourself. Take a risk and uh, and have a bit of fun on the way. Did you know getting into Formula One that how crazy your life would be? Like you guys no. travel all the time. Like you're never yeah, home. We're only sixteen races back then, of course. Oh, okay. And, uh, so 2006 was my first season. Um, did I realise how it would consume your life? No. Mm. Did I realise how much I needed to learn? No. Spent the yeah. You know, I'm still learning now. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, and was 17 years on, but. 
I wasn't prepared for the sheer intensity of the sport as a commentator mm. and the amount of information you have to process during the course of a race to keep on top of things. It's really interesting. Uh, Jensen Button's been with us uh, in the commentary box a few times. Yeah. And, and Jensen and I have known each other you know, since 2006. And I remember <laughs> we had a conversation after uh, his first race. And I said, do you remember that time a few years ago where you, you had a go at me for not mentioning you much during the course of a race? He went, yeah, I do. I said, you told me that you, you know, I, had, I had to keep on top of everything and you did a load of things that weren't picked up on the TV, but I should have known about it and I should have mentioned it. And he went, yeah, yeah, I remember. I said, now, do you want to go back and revisit that conversation? I went, Crofty, honestly, mate, I don't know how you do it. I mean, seriously, there's 20 drivers out there. Yeah. How, how, do we, how do we keep across everything? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, Jensen having made that move from a driver now into the media and has been absolutely brilliant with us at Sky. He's been yeah, unreal. He's been amazing. Yeah. We've loved we, we he's, he's, he's super and, and one of the nicest guys you could ever wish to meet. Mm. And, uh, Jensen and I have had a lot of laughs over the years. <laughs> but we, um, but it, it's that realisation that it's not just about what one driver does. <laughs> you know, teams, my other half works for a team. She doesn't care about what happens elsewhere in the race. She just cares about that team. Mm. And, and that's what happens when you go and work for a team. But obviously, we try and cover absolutely everybody. So this is what I wanted to ask. So they've shown shots on TV recently of you actually in the commentary box. I don't know if they did that in previous years, but we only just joined this year. So we kind of see your setup. And I was under the impression that you yeah. probably had... 20 screens, nope. screen for each driver. You can see what's going on. I have no idea. You so you're just following on. the broadcast. Yeah, if we had a screen for each driver, we'd get distracted. Yeah. Now, we have the ability with Sky Race Control for Karun or Paul or Anzu, whoever's on it, to keep across team radio and keep across some onboards that, that aren't shown on the, on, on the world feed. And they mm -hmm. can come in and tell us what's going on for things we can't see. But Martin and I... Jensen or Nico or Paul, whoever's doing the co-coms with us, we we basically we we have the world feed which you guys see, and then timing screens. And the timing screens are the plus point to enable us to tell the full story. I mean, in theory, we could commentate off a timing screen if we needed to, mm -hmm. and there have been times we've had to because we've lost the pictures. Um, you know, sometimes in this brilliant modern technological world things go wrong and and you know we'll lose the pictures but we can commentate off a timing screen or the gps tracker for instance which is always really handy especially when it comes to to, to pit stops but invariably really? you're sorry pit stop I pit know. stop yeah. I like it when you mention it yeah i'm, I'm not going to put a tracker on you guys that, that, that i'd be like being your parents and i don't really want to do that to be fair you know you, you're old enough now to make your own mistakes um <laughs> we so, made a few. Yeah. We made a few. so um yeah so we we, we can we can commentate off that world feed, but we can also add to that world feed by keeping across the timing screen, the GPS tracker, and trying to tell the narrative of what might be coming up. We try not to tell you what's going to happen. We try and tell you why something is happening mm. and how the race might unfold the way that we see it at the time. Now, that could be right one lap and it could be wrong five laps later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the beauty of, of, of live sport without a, a tightrope on this one. We're making calls in the moment and in hindsight, that might be the wrong call or most of the time it is the right call. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we tend to pick up on things, you know, and, and, and get that right. But there's an awful lot to try and cover. So when you, like, you send down to Ted in the pit lane, how does that all work? How is Ted ready for... How does he know? Can he hear you the whole time in his headset? 
or does he get like a cue from someone or when he throws it back to you? How is that all arranged? Ted, Ted will have the commentary on and Ted will, will spot something he wants to say. He will tell the producer who's back in London uh, at Osterley because it's uh, we, we have remote production now. Wow. Um, although if you listened to what's going on in the producer's headphones or Ted's, sounds like they're next door. The, the, the fibre optic cables have been yeah, amazing, absolute yeah. a, a godsend. So Ted will say, want to come in and say such and such. And the producer will say, okay, how urgent? And Ted will say, well, 30 seconds or, no, you need to come to me now. The producer will then tell me in my, my, my ears, uh, Ted now or go to Ted or Karoon now or go to Karoon, or Nico wants to come in from Ibiza or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll get those sort of instructions. And that's, that's basically how it works. Right. You get used to listening to a lot of different conversations. Yeah. You know, there are times, there are times I've got the director's assistant explaining to me how a Sky Main event is going to be coming to us and they're going to give me a count and it's in three minutes' time and I need to take a pause and then carry on. Um, whilst Martin Brundle's having a chat with me or yeah. whilst Otmar's having a chat with me and you just get used to listening to lots of different conversations. It's uh, it's a bit weird. The, <laughs> the Sky Made event one happened in Brazil and hopefully no one would have noticed who was watching on the F1 feed that we had to take a pause for the Sky Made event. But it wasn't exactly the easiest because as I was getting a countdown from 10... We were on board, and I forget who it was, um, going on to the main straight, and an overtake was about to happen. It might have been a Lewis overtake, mm. uh, to be honest. And you basically, I was on the F1 channel teeing up the overtake. I had to then pause for two seconds just so that the join is nice and clean, but then pick up nice and clean um, so that it sounded like a seamless commentary mm. because obviously it's going to be replayed in highlights, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, programs for years to come yeah. or, or the, uh, the the race gets replayed. So there's there's a, a lot of things to the commentary, the, the, the technicalities of it, mm. that, you, you know, you, you become adept to in time where you have to, you know, it's a clean in, it's called, you know, a clean pickup. And you... you you make it easy for the editors or you know that if something dramatic's happened, they're going to want a sound bite mm. so that it can get replayed over and yeah. over again. I but know, I noticed, I noticed that in the last we, we noticed, yeah, there's something that you say, it was that, it was for the main event and I could, we, you could tell that you had to say it. <laughs> well, no, I, mean? I like the way you got Here Comes Sebastian Vettel in the oh, last yeah, for one more time. Yeah, because yeah. everyone would wanted to hear that. <laughs> well, that, that was a social media thing. Someone had got in touch with me on Twitter to say, oh, come on, can you give us a Here give Comes Sebastian last, Vettel yeah. one more time? And I'm like, yes, it would be churlish not to. So yeah. if the opportunity arises, I'll do it. Yeah. And I thought, I was listening, I was watching and I was like, Crofty's going to do it. And, I was, and then on the first one, you did it and then he cut Vettel's doing another oh, overtake and you took the chance and straight in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to know, like right at the beginning of the race, obviously you know the grid now, you know everything about the drivers, you probably store so much information, but there's no script, is there? Like in front of no. you, you haven't got like a script. No, so when they hand to us, actually, I'll tell you what. Oh, here we go, he's off. Oh, here we go. Oh, he's left us in here his house. Here we go. I am actually scared, to be honest, though, because he gave me a coffee and he's got lovely carpets. Mate. And we know what we're like. How many drinks do we spill? Well, I'm sat here in Crofty's house with my socks on. Oh, he's got a lovely bag. I'm going to there. So this was, this was my birthday present from my other half, who said, uh, uh, Laura, who said, Crofty, for heaven's sake, you walk around with a tatty computer bag, put your notes in something decent. Sort it out. So... Here's my notes. Are we going right? to have a look at Crofty's notebook? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Crofty's wow. notebook. Well, so first of all, this is my Bible. Yeah. This is the Deschanel Grand Prix guide. 
Jesus, weighty. It, is a, it does look heavy. It is a weighty tome. Wow, I didn't expect that to be heavy. It, it has a lot to it. Baggage allowance. But have you read all of this? Uh, <laughs> what, what is <laughs> Over the years. What so on that, earth so is it's this? basically, so it's, uh, in the white pages are every single race in the Formula One World Championship up until the end of last season. So when it's I buy. It's basically a Wikipedia. Yeah. Well, it's more than that. It's like a wisdom. Ah. Because it's got. It's got Statistical records for drivers, teams, engines. Then it's got stats, you know, champions, youngest pole sitters, all that this sort of thing. It's almost like an alien sort of objective. I've not like held a book them. since I was at school. Yeah, but you know what? Books are good. Yeah, and, and books are very handy in commentary boxes, even though I do have a laptop up there as well, because you can find things really, really quickly. So it's got all in the, the books. And they update the this speeds every, in here. Like. They update this every year. Yeah, uh, Jacques Deschano, fine man fine journalist of many years experience will update that every year so when i get next year's it will have 1079 races worth of info in there that is crazy do you like how i know there are 1079 races in the f1 world championship well the only reason i do know that is because and i've got it written down here they introduced medals um in abu dhabi see you saw max uh, had the winner's medal uh, yeah, yeah yeah so this is brand new and in the fia press release it said then they will be engraved with the number uh, race that it is and this is 1079th f1 world championship event can't wow. call them all grand prix because there was the indy 500 in there and then yeah. i wrote it down yeah. on my notes so i thought well, that'd be a really good stat just to give out wouldn't it 1079 yeah. sounds like i've been up all night <laughs> so you basically you get information from everywhere so when when they come to us um, I'll have this page first in my hand. That's the track map. Wow. And wait, do you do this before the race? Is I, it, you if, work on this like days I, I, before? Uh, a few days before. <laughs> Why is it in red and is you wear like 3D glasses when you read it? And it, it just pops out into me. No, because I think it looks neater. It does look nice. You've got no, nice handwriting. I do. I've got I, I small handwriting. <laughs> Martin Brundle says he can't read my writing. Um, and actually without my glasses on, I can't read my writing at the moment either. But it will just tell you things like... Um, uh, lap distance at full throttle it will tell you uh, what round we're at it will tell you a few things about the grand prix the speeds uh, at each corner and the gear that they're in as well there's a stupid stat about ferrari world on this one so but that's the one uh, over the track map um that i will have in my hand just just to kind of reference a few things on there mm-hmm. and none of it is scripted because it's my job to watch the pictures and to react yeah. to them and if I was scripting it, I'd be like doing this all the time and I wouldn't see what was going on. Yeah. And I have no idea what's coming at me. Can I have a look at one of them? Yeah, of course you can. Just read some of the um, stuff that you I have absolutely no read. idea what is coming at me in oh, terms of nice the pictures. Thank you very much. In terms of the pictures, because. It's very small. <laughs> it's very small. I told you I need my glasses. box like this. We're right up <laughs> to my face. Yeah, it's, it's you very wait, small. You wait for the next one. And then, I, so I have my grid as well. So when we do the grid countdown, there's my handwritten grid um, because. I think if you handwrite it out, you remember it more easily. Mm-hmm. So when I chuck in things like um, it's the seventh time Lando Norris has started seventh or whatever, um, that's that's where that'll come. Paul Max Verstappen, tenth time he's taken pole at the same venue for three years in a row, aiming no, for a win. No, first time. Yeah. First time he's taken pole at the same venue. Oh, is that, fir- is that first time? Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. handwriting again, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, it wouldn't have been the 10th time. <laughs> it's <laughs> unbelievable that we hold these and yeah. like, this is your notes. And these are... These are the notes that I have on every driver and every team for each race. Look at that. Oh, my word. So they, they, are, they are the stats that I work off for, uh, for the weekend. It's quite funny, yeah, because with what we, we're in the same world now. Yeah. Us two and you, which is quite cool. Um, 
but we don't do shit like this, all right? You're you're clearly <laughs> you're, you're clearly you have a skill set. You're we very could skilled. We not person. go live if we were live. Would we would be cancelled? We get imposter syndrome because we don't actually do anything. <laughs> Just talk <laughs> no, to but people. You, no, like. but, no, 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 no. Your skill set is, is is not just talking to people. It's listening to people as well. Mm. So so far, you've had no notes in front of you whatsoever, and you've just picked up on what I've been saying. It's a conversation. That's what a podcast is. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've got an idea of where you want to go with a podcast, yeah. but interviews are about listening yeah it's it's not about going with a load of bullet points now mm. a commentary is there's no script i go in there with a fresh mind and and one of the few people who can honestly say i go to work and every day and i have no idea what's going to happen next and that is brilliant and yeah, i, and I cool. love that part of my job um but it's my job to react and put mm. things into context so to do that i make notes as a little comfort blanket almost so that when something does happen i can add context to it yeah mm-hmm. um you know it's daniel ricardo's last race for mclaren but it's also his 232nd consecutive start he hasn't missed one since his first race for hrt at silverstone in 2011 and it's the longest continuous run of races on the grid it's not the record lewis hamilton uh, holds that but of course he missed the sakir grand prix uh, when he got covid it's those of course it's All those, this information but it's that like... sort of information that puts a bit of context yeah. into what a, a momentous moment it is for daniel ricardo to have his final race with mclaren it's bringing to an end quite a run of races yeah do you think one. in your head like I think because when you are announcing big things like the last race championship, it's almost so poetic when you do the final bit and you read it out because that's the moment in history. Yeah, they are, they're the moments. That's a great that made, They're the moments that made us fall in love with the sport. Poetry. Like I think back to last year specifically, right at the end, the way you commentate that grips the viewer. Like we're in I your home so. and this is where you live, and you may not think about it, but millions of people around the world that love Formula One, you are so key to them because if you take your voice out of that, it's a completely different thing. Like I think about it with football. I think back to some old football commentators from when I first started watching the World Cup, Champions League. As they change it, as good commentators, bad commentators. But you've stabilised yourself in F1. You do an amazing job at it. Do you have to think before? Are you like days before in your head thinking of like poetic lines or no. things that would rhyme off for like, you are world champion? Or is no. it just coming to you with all the emotion? Well, well no, because if you, if you prepare a line in advance it's going to sound prepared. It's going to sound like you, you've been thinking about this for a few days. Mm. And quite frankly, nothing could have prepared me for Abu Dhabi 2021 yeah, yeah. in advance. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, even in, in, in you know, the wildest dreams of the most fanciful, fanci- fanciful script writer on the planet, no one's going to write a script like that, you know? So you, you say what you feel is right in the moment. And you you basically call it how it is. So that last lap in Abu Dhabi, I was aware, obviously, a lot of controversy. But you've got to park that for, yeah. for three and a half miles. Because still Max needs to get an overtake done if he's going to be champion. Still Lewis could hold him off. Um, and still we're going to have something quite dramatic uh, for, the, for the next couple of minutes. So you park all the controversy. But then as the laps unfolded, you, you can bring references back into the commentary because you can't ignore it completely. You have to put things into context. But you know in Abu Dhabi, through experience, that once they've gone through turn nine and they're into that final sector, chances are, unless someone makes a mistake, that's the way it's going to stay until the line. The overtaking situations have gone. Um, And then you're thinking about how do you tee this up then for the moment when he crosses the line? Whoever, you know, Max it looks like, or it could be Lewis. 
And I've still, I've no idea what I would have said had Lewis got the championship. We'll wait until hopefully he's got the chance to be an eighth world champion uh, in the future. But you time, it's like a DJ. Um, it's like a DJ not wanting to crash the vocals. You want to hit your peak, your peak bit, just as he gets to the line. And if you can do that, then it's job well done because it all ties in really nicely. You always do. Oh. You always time it fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the idea. That makes me, you, you love music. Yeah. yeah. Do you think your love for music might in some way have helped you? or? I think it gives you a, a rhythm. Yeah, because you speech. do have such a rhythm. Like, yeah. I, we jokingly commentate, and we've done videos where we're playing F1 game, we commentate over it, and we think we sound slick or whatever. <laughs> we both have, like, one good line or two good lines. But to continuously do it for a whole race and, yeah. like, not make, like, any mistakes, that's pretty... Well, well has there been mistakes? That's there's, funny. There's, 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 sometimes there's a few. Um, any that stand out? They're, they're honest <laughs> mistakes. Oh, my, my first year at Sky, I got really excited one year. Uh, in Monaco, when I was commentating <laughs> over, I think it was Jensen and Sergio, kind of going wheel to wheel through the chicane, I was getting really animated about it. And Martin's giving me some really strange looks while I'm doing it. I'm thinking, what's wrong with you, mate? Yeah, come and look at it. It's really exciting. <laughs> and he's just giving me, he's staring at me, giving me a really weird look and starts shaking his head a bit. And I'm like, what, what have I done now? And he, then he points to the screen. And then I look at the screen and it says replay at the top. And I'm doing this live. And, <laughs> and, we, and we're doing it over a replay because I was get, I was so into the race and I actually hadn't seen the replay bit. That's and so I'd forgotten about it because it had happened about five or six laps previous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's it's broadcasting without a tightrope. Those sort of things are going to happen from time to time. You just got to shrug it off and go, yeah, what a doofus! I'll get on with it. But but yeah, Laura, my other half, will tell you. We'll, we'll go on. We'll be driving in the car, and I'll pretend to be a DJ in the car. <laughs> you know, the, the, the track will come on, and I'll and I'll do my yeah. You're listening to Dave Double Decks or, <laughs> or, or whatever, and I'll do my cheesy DJ bit, and I'll, I'll and, and then when I don't crash the vocals, like yeah, still got it because. <laughs> And, and I'm sure that lots of other people try and do that as well. But it's a rhythm and it's a symmetry. And, you know, with with Abu Dhabi, you know, what do you... I'm, I'm, I'm talking and I'm trying to think of how this is going to, going to end as I'm delivering lines. And it suddenly occurred to me, yeah, they've shared a great championship battle. Oh, yeah, sharing. And, and this is all happening in the split second, trust me. Sharing, yeah. Um, oh, that's going Dutch, isn't it? Oh, I could use that. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that this will is what stick I'm with me about. forever. Like, that's so clever, but so and, and I just like, yeah, and I just wanted to give it the big one because in that moment I was massively excited. That the adrenaline was running through through Martin and mine's veins. We are we are going to be really lucky if we ever get a lap yeah, like that yeah. to commentate on again. That yeah, 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 that's going to take some beating in terms of the sheer drama, but also aware. You know, we're not just on Sky, we're on Channel 4 because Sky have allowed um, Channel 4 to show it live too so that as many people as possible can watch that. And, you know, in the end, 44% of the viewing public at that time in the UK were watching that lap. So there was a lot more people watching than normal. So that you think, well, they're not all going to be massive F1 fans. They just want to hear and see the drama. Mm. And then, you know, as he crosses the line, you know, for the first time, Max Verstappen is champion of the world, which I think sounds better than is world champion. And that's why I do it. Only because I think yeah. champion of the world just sounds it better. Does sound it better. does sound better. It does, you know? yeah. All right, I'm going to give it a go. Like, I feel like I could what? commentate that line. Yeah, are you uh, you going to do it? I'm just going to shout it as loud as I can. Okay, go okay, on. Okay, you ready? Max! 
Max Verstappen, you are champion of the world. Wow, that's actually pr pretty good. Crofty, what do you think? Oh, hang on, Crofty's not here. <laughs> Crofty's not here. Guys, you need to come back for part two because this guy <laughs> and the stories he has, they're just unbelievable. Part two is sick. I can't believe we went to his house. Sky Sports, thank you so much for sorting this out for us. My favorite podcast we've done. Alex, you're a legend. Yeah, this is an amazing episode. Hope you guys enjoy part two. When you're on your way there, please do hit the follow button, subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, really helps us out. And enjoy part two. Crofty, thank you so much. Spirit Studios.